0: Hey, it's Bob Stauffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow.
1: Oilers Now with Bob
0: Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad 630 Ched and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office. Yeah, Digitex does that. ca on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauber joining you. 105 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott on the other side looking hungry. You can come over during the 120 break here, brother. Is that all right? Is that worry? I'm just, what, are you playing the role of a mime today? or Give me oh, a thumbs just, up. Yeah, it's easier than, uh, than flipping the mic on. But, yes, that was my plan, too. Am I in that meat lovers over there? You're in, eh? Okay. Uh, this is the second hour of Oilers Now. And it is brought to you by our title sponsor. And that is Digitex. Uh, Where did the Digitex liner go that I've been reading? Isn't this your show? (laughs) It it is. You would never know that. Uh, Digitex, PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT, plotters, software. Now, Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan, saving your company money. All your devices manage at digitex.ca. Brendan, you know what's happened? is You've removed the read at eleven at, uh, at 1245, and now I'm all confused because we've had the same template all season long. Correct <laughs> the whole rest of it for you. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> well, I'm not a smart man. Uh, you can reach us on our River Creek Resort and Casino hotline, 7804960063. Big Sugar Friday night at the River Creek. Texas and our heartland for a sign line out of Fort Saskatchewan with over ten million dollars. We can hear you there. Crank that paper up. Oh, there. sorry. It's all right. It's live. It's a live mic. Yeah. Uh, hey, you hey, know. Just let me finish the. Oh, uh, all right. Artland, Sorry. You, you got a promo for River Cree over there? No, we did that one. But oh. Heartland Ford, they've got $10 million yeah. in new and pre-owned inventory. They're one of the largest volume Ford dealers in Alberta. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. You can follow us on Twitter at Oilers now. I'm at uh, Bob underscore Stauffer. Brendan Escott is at Brendan Escott. Reed Wilkins at. Uh, Reed what, Wilkins. With, and Wilkins like Dominique. That's all you got in common. At Edmonton Jack for Jack Michael. Uh, and gifts car from Japanese Village, which you guys have all received. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table, Japanese Village, in South, downtown, Northside, at Sherwood Park. Hey, just before we bring Jack in momentarily here, Brandon, since you're over there, can yes. you can you pull up that call one more time? Just because it's one of the because we're going to talk a bit about the order season first, so a highlight of uh, this year, right here, with Jack Michaels.
1: One-timer, and Drysaddle stopped. And Edmondson feeding Leon at every opportunity. Drysaddle again. Shoots and scores! There's 50 from the right circle! And Leon Drysaddle is being mobbed! He
0: All right. The best part about that is I didn't make a stupid noise during the actual goal because there's nothing that... Fr- I listened to a kid do the uh, games for Saginaw, because Ryan McLeod scored, a, and the color guy made like a gesticulation <laughs> on like six of the first seven goals, and I was just like, "Oh my! The poor kid! Like he's trying to call it! Oh! Oh!" And so I just I had to chuckle. How you doing, Jack? It's good. To see you. Long I'm doing time, well. no, long time no see. It's been like
1: three days. Absolutely. I uh, I look forward to not being here in April next year. I look forward to being on a plane. That's where I think both you and I feel like we should be, but yeah. it didn't happen this year and you have to look forward. I do have a conundrum, though, because you were talking about River Creek. Now, what do they have again? What was the band's name? Big Sugar is our Big Sugar Friday night. <laughs> you know, I, I could call Janie right now and get you tickets well, to Big Sugar. Well, here's my question. And, Brendan, I'm, I'm sorry to leave you out of this because this is not going to be your era. But I have a real issue with uh, Chicago's hard-to-say-I'm-sorry song. Uh, I don't understand why that lyric has not been analyzed. After all the who you've been through. That doesn't make any sense. And before
0: you say no. well, But even lovers need a little time away.
1: But after all the who you've been through. Who? I mean. uh, After all uh,
2: the other people.
1: Uh, uh, Do we know the lyric I'm talking about? I'm not that
2: familiar with the song, but that's my immediate analysis. Can you pull up hard to
1: see? After all the who, it's nonsensical. It's just a made-up word. Everybody needs a little time WHO
2: is not a made-up word. Fine. After all the who
1: you've been through, after who does not people, belong?
2: After all the people you've dated, that's how. Just hearing that, I I interpret. Danny really? Calavan and Rod Phillips both made I would up think so. words. I mean, what's the big and deal? And a lot of bands have, a lot of songs have after all the who, It's always
1: bothered me. Sorry, the, this song used well, A lot of things bother
2: you, Jack. <laughs> Thanks for launching right into it four minutes in. <laughs> we couldn't even make it to halftime. Let's see.
1: Let her rip. I'm gonna put the rest of you. No, this is too early you got to get to the lyrics. got to
2: find
0: it. No, this is it. No, we're sitting there.
2: There
1: we go. It's later in the song.
0: We're, we're wasting time Just keep playing We're going to play the whole song the whole song. You know, oh what? in God. 1982, 83, John Short uh, came on with the uh, Sports Talk on another station. Uh, that, that was that the first. He was not the original host of that show. They had another. And this this song was right up the at that time. Like that's when it was the state of he could he could let of rip. How about him and the state the Karate of the song? He was pretty good in that song. That was the. That yeah. was Chicago. That, no, that was Peter Suttero. Oh, that was. So what he, uh, I am oh, the man the that will okay. fight for your honor. Yeah, oh, that, I was, that, that was one.
2: Peter Cetera. I just remember the uh, the crane. What did they call it at the end? To, oh to win right, fight, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Pat Morita, which
1: is not actually illegal. I don't think you could do that in karate. I don't think you could just <laughs> drop kick a guy <laughs> in the <laughs> face. Official karate, I don't <laughs> think that's allowed. Yeah. Although that was one oh, of the best That, that guy, was one of
0: the best villains of all time. That guy, yeah, he was a great villain, and yeah. he deserved to be kicked in the face. If there was a guy, he would say, "Hey, that's a guy I want to see kicked in the face." I know we're not supposed to
2: say stuff. How like come
1: that. they never brought back that coach that, in another
0: movie as a
2: villain? Like as a like his like career was over. Film. I mean,
1: that
0: was it for him.
2: Yeah, the the leader
1: of Code. Kai. like they never brought him back.
0: But how about the, you know, Pat Morita jumpstarting his career from Happy Days and then coming back in Karate Kid. I didn't know he was on Happy Days. Yes, I, he was the
2: original owner, wasn't he? Was really? Yes. I never watched was Was He was before, I mean, I, was he I before know the Big Al
0: or after Big Al? Actually, you before. know what? I think he might have been. A, can somebody clarify, was, was Pat Morita before Big Al or after Big wow. Al on Happy Days? I did Texas not know he was on Happy Days. Day. Yes, yes, because
2: Happy Days, I would have been watching probably already reruns. Now, was so this when you were, because
0: you were you had Farmer TV out there. We had two channels, CBC and
2: CBC, and we had a special device attached to our aerial, a camera was called. But to get ITV, which to watch the oilers, right. so Dad and I would have to move this device same, so the aerial same faced a different faced a different direction. County
0: cone out in Fulton Vale at Highway 14, twenty one overpass, we had the same deal. We had the Farmer Vision. Yeah. It sucked because I didn't get to watch NFL football. Actually, you know what? The French channel, C B C French, had NFL. So I'd watch oh, I don't that. remember that. Yeah. So they on Sundays i they they had the NFL package. And that was live? Yeah. Oh. But okay. but see it like You didn't get it a week later
2: or
1: something
0: no, like that? No, 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 oh, okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> Well, I mean that's the way it used well, to
2: be. Well that's how a- that's how we used to get even when I was in high school, late eighties, that's how you'd see boxing. But you were also CBC in high school in the show, early nineties too, weren't you? Uh well I did yes, I did finish in ninety one. Uh but they would there'd be like Mike Tyson would box on a Friday and then usually the following Saturday C B C would show it in the afternoon. Yeah. So you'd know what happened. Thankfully, we've progressed beyond for that. Eight days. All right, guys. And now they, we have pay per view. All go, right,
0: we've got nine whole minutes here and not discuss the season that was for the M. We will get to our playoff predictions, which are going to get rolling around one thirty. And we'll do about twelve minutes on the West, twelve minutes on the East. We'll start with you, Jack. In terms of this season, at what point were you concerned for the team, and what moves do you think altered the course and the direction for the team as to why they didn't make it?
1: I'd say about twenty games in, I was concerned. Uh, I thought at, at I thought at eight, four and two, kind of weathering that early travel and back on track and then to go, you know whatever they, I think one they and lost th- six
0: or seven, one and six, yeah, yeah.
1: so so they lost six or seven. That was where I was like, all right, this the there's still that regression, which is what we saw. The previous year, where the Oilers would, you know, maybe win three in a row, or or maybe four or five, and then immediately drop five or six, and and when I saw the the wheels continuing to spin and basically giving you now a, you know, a two-year window of a hundred games where the team is a couple of games under 500, I, I started to think maybe this club is just. An NHL 500 team, a, a Bettman 500, as you call it, Bob. Uh, this this is not going to be, you know, anything more than a 35, 35, and 10 kind of year. That's when I started, because when they when they got out to eight, four, and one, I thought they had weathered some real tough early season yeah. games. And what's happened in the last two years, if you really think about it, I know Edmonton beat the teams it was supposed to beat at times down the stretch, but there was still. An overtime loss to Ottawa. There was still a loss to New Jersey. And that's what happened early in the year. The others beat some good teams, took Pittsburgh to overtime. But then they, then when the schedule started to soften up, they weren't able to win all
2: those games. Great. Well, I, I was really concerned obviously when Jack was when you fire the coach, but I really thought, okay, they might not make the playoffs when they squander that entire homestand before and after Christmas. Five losses at home, didn't even get a point, plus the road loss in Vancouver before that. So it was a six game losing streak. And they went from six games over five hundred, which is a pretty good pace, you know, thirty three games into the season, right back down to five hundred. And then in all of twenty nineteen, they're playing catch up and actually Jack, I, I realize they—you're right—they squandered points against poor teams. You know some of the few teams that were behind them in the standings. But Rob had a great stat, and then we discussed it on on a couple face-off shows leading into the last couple of weeks of the season. From the middle of December until the last week of the season, I guess it would have changed because they beat Calgary. Right, the they Oilers. Lost the, Oilers in a row. the Oilers beat three. They had three wins against the 16 teams that were in playoff spots. So I mean, yes, they squandered points. But to me, it was more that they couldn't just keep up and compete right. with the best teams in the league. I mean, they would often, if they played well, they would lose, like losing to San Jose 3-2, losing to Winnipeg on New Year's Eve, uh, You know, even the loss to Toronto on home ice where they made a show of it late. They didn't play that bad, but they just weren't good enough. So then it made right. the odd game you drop to a poor team stand out even more. And they went from December 11th to the Calgary game without
1: beating a Western Conference playoff team.
2: Plus, Thursday week because the winds were over Columbus and the Islanders. And what right, happened on, What team. happened on
0: December 11th?
1: December 11th was the day where Edmonton built a huge lead against Colorado. Clefbaum went down. Russell went down. They held on for a 6-4 win. It was the beginning of that turbulent time, read where the Oilers started leaking third-period goals in particular by the bushel fill, and they ended up winning six of the 21 games that Clefbaum missed. You couple that with Sekra missing the first 40 games for the second year in a row, and the depth on defense wasn't strong Enough to overcome. Nor was the goaltending good enough. It wasn't good enough under Cam Talbot. wasn't good enough under yeah. Mingo Costa. I'll give. Sh-
0: I'll give. Uh, and Shirelli's gone, but I'll give him a bit of a, a hard pass on the uh, situation on defensive sector because when the injury occurred in August this year, so I have some empathy there. I did not understand the Strom trade at the time of the deal. I know he's not a great player, but he was becoming a useful player. They spent 60 games unable to replace third line center right shot that could play 16, 17 minutes a game. He's not a terrific player. Don't know if he'd even. What he's scoring, Rangers? 18 goals the rest of the year? 18 of his own pace for
2: four in Edmonton. I do think yeah, right. we have to remember that.
0: He also played 14 of the first 18 games with Milan Lucic, who scored six goals this oh, season. Oh,
2: sure. Right, I mean, And
0: wherever Milan Lucic played, production did not follow. So I have I think that may, you know I'm not sure if I was concerned. Put it this way, I was surprised when Edmonton fired Todd McClellan at that time. I was surprised when Todd got fired, and I'm not surprised that there's the amount of interest out there in the market in Todd right now. Uh, I know everybody knows, you know, he was in yesterday in Vancouver meeting with Luke Robitaille, flying to Buffalo today. His son's playing in the uh, uh, Frozen Four. I think there's at least one other team that's quite interested in him as well, but. For me, when the Oilers got to 17-12-2, that game against Colorado, I'll be honest, Jack, at that point, before we knew the severity of the injuries for Clef, Mom, and Russell, I thought the team was going to make the playoffs. At 17-12-3, I'm like, you know what? They're in a good spot here. Hitch has got this thing going in the right direction. They're 17-12-2. I think they're going to make it. And then their lack of depth on defense... Got exposed, but I, I I have to be honest. I, I remember seeing people. The game before the game against Colorado was a Saturday night game, and I was up at Studio ninety nine after, and people were pumped. They were, and they there was belief there. Oh,
1: understandably yep. so. And they,
0: you know, it's interesting that the
1: choice that Todd might be facing is he's basically looking at the two previous teams he coached. He's got a mirror image of Edmonton and Buffalo, and he's got a mirror image of San Jose and L A. You've got veteran core leadership. Yeah. Uh, it, with L.A., but definitely a question mark as to what their ceiling is, especially in the short term. And you've got high-end, elite-level skill in Buffalo. Is there a question about do you have enough veteran mm-hmm. leadership yeah. in Buffalo to kind of carry the mail and
0: goaltending and, be, and depth on defense? And maybe a wild card with Philadelphia. That might be a wild card because I think that there's still a – Especially with Gwenville out of the picture. Right. He now, I wonder if he now becomes a guy. Uh, all right. It's 119 in Edmonton. When we come back, uh, we'll get a quick rip from both uh, Jack and Reed on the uh, management situation moving forward in the Oilers organization. We'll get Brendan and- Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
1: It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: Here's some thoughts. Final half hour, we'll look at the West and then the Eastern Conference. And we are going to go West first because we're in the West. This is orders Now. This is Milan Lucic from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Ched. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1.22 at Edmonton. Uh, we've got Jack Michaels. From the Oilers Radio Network, Reid Wilkins from the Oilers Radio Network, Brendan S. Scott in with with our yearly playoff predictions. It is sponsored by Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton-owned and operated for 49 years. For many locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Jack's chuckling because he saw something happen today that he never sees. Yeah, you shelled out for pizza, that's good. Now,
1: I don't know what your sponsorship deal is with Royal. Yeah. The the amount of time you talk about it, I imagine your your walls are wallpapered with like no. old crust or something. <laughs> You love your royal pizza, and it is excellent. No, I, you know what? It's old school big boy pizza. But the other thing I like is, i got to give you credit, I would never order a Mediterranean chicken, and it's actually pretty good. That would not be high on my list of pizza.
2: Reed, how's the meat lovers? It's good. It's excellent. I love the meat lovers. Yeah, yeah absolutely outstanding.
0: So Thank Brian you. Wilkes, who used to work here for years, mm-hmm. of course, was a big royal pizza guy, and uh, uh, Ken Hitchcock back in the United Cycle days with it being right across the street uh, before he went on some kind of diet where he's not allowed to have royal pizza anymore. He was uh, a big royal pizza guy as well. Did you ever look up the uh, words? You didn't look up the words to the song or anything, Brendan? I was digging kind of loosely. I didn't find it right away. All right. Here we go. Sorry, guys. So (laughs) uh, we have three minutes. Read. you'll open. What's going to happen with this general manager's position?
2: Well, I don't think will be anybody hired for a while. Uh, I was encouraged that Nicholson said he's getting more leeway to interpe- uh, interview people who are currently employed by other NHL teams. It's it's just the whole the whole process is, I think, unfortunately awkward for a team in the situation the Oilers are in, where you know they're going through so many years of of being out of the playoffs, not being a good team, not reaching expectations you have McDavid and Drysdale who just both had incredible seasons and now you have a coach who's the coach but he's probably not going to be the coach and you have a GM who's could be the GM but maybe not and and you're talking to other teams but they're trying to focus on their playoff teams and and you have Keith getting ready for the draft but he might not be the GM when the draft rolls around like it and and even yesterday I thought it was kind of an awkward news conference with Nicholson sitting next to Gretzky and talking about Gretzky being a a candidate, but not the candidate because he has to talk with other guys and Keith. Really putting it out there, I thought quite strongly how badly he wanted the job and why he thinks he's qualified for it. It's it's a it's a lot to work through. Uh, I mean, look, we're not ultimately who's ever hired. We're not going to know how he does until probably two years from now to get the the, sure. the full picture. So in the interim, again, the orders are, are riding through some pretty choppy waters. Jack, you got uh, the floor is yours for two minutes. Go for it.
1: Well, I, I just say this, you know, and the other thing is Bob Nicholson's a little more wary now because Bob has been in a role where traditionally his has been the responsibility to assemble the parts and then let people do their job. He's a good bridge builder and when he did that with Peter Shirelli and got immediate results he quite naturally assumed that The job is getting done. And the job is getting done with a consortium of people. And I think what happened this year to Bob Nicholson is that he had to intercede because the job wasn't getting done, and wasn't getting done to anyone's satisfaction, and there was some degree of unilateral movement. And that's not what Bob Nicholson's used to. I mean, that's not necessarily why he came to Oilers Entertainment Group either. I mean let's be real let's be real clear he wasn't necessarily brought in to be the hockey only guy i mean he was brought in for ice district the whole piece and so now bob is going to conduct a thorough exhaustive process to make sure that he has the guy in front of him who's going to be engaging with everyone else in the organization so that there's not this situation where the Oilers are kind of holding the proverbial bag and wondering, well, why was this move made or why was that move made? And so that's what I think it's all about. I'm glad Keith Kretzky stated his case. He should. He's a candidate. His job is to let Bob Nicholson know, hey, you can interview all you want, but the best candidate is right in front of you, and I'm right here. That's exactly what he should do. If you want the job, go get it. And that's incumbent upon Keith to interview, knock it out of the park and force Bob Nicholson to circle back to him when all these other interviews are complete. Cause trust me, Bob is not going to leave
0: any stone unturned this time. How many guys do you think he's going to, we got about 45 seconds here. How many guys do you think he's going to interview? I think it's more like, yeah,
1: I, I was going to say, I think it's more likely
0: it's double digits than single digits. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. All right. When we come back, uh, And you may want to do the exact opposite of what these gentlemen are going to suggest. But we're going to have some fun. Uh, We'll start with the West. We'll go to the East uh, with our playoff predictions. It is Jack Michaels, Reed Wilkins, Brendan Escott, myself in studio. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers
1: Radio. 630 Chad.